The risk of trading futures and options can be substantial. All information, publications, and material used and distributed by Advanced Trading Incorporated shall be construed as solicitation. ATI does not maintain an independent research department as defined in CFTC Regulation 1.71. Information obtained from third-party sources is believed to be reliable, but its accuracy is not guaranteed by Advanced Trading Incorporated. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Good morning, Tom Grisafi, ATI Pro Media, coming to you from Bloomington, Illinois at Advanced Trading Corporate Headquarters. We have an action-packed show, and we do have a couple questions. Where are all the flash sales? Grains are at multi-multi-year lows. Why aren't all these foreign countries who allegedly need our grain, why aren't they gobbling it up? Number two, the farmers are taking control of France. Question, how long until that happens in America? It's happened in the Netherlands. It's happened in Canada. It's happened in other countries. Farmers allegedly in America started doing things around the Texas border. Farmers, you have a lot of control and power. Only bad news is price of corn isn't at a level you would like. We also have news coming out of uh, UPS, United uh, Parcel Service, not the post office, the other UPS. Uh, They came out with headlines and their stock's down. On a positive note, ADM stock went up 5% yesterday and it's up again today. We like that. We're in the futures and options business, ADM. They, uh, They are a huge player in the grain markets, in the food markets, and uh, we don't want anything bad happening in this industry. We have enough problems with what's happening in price. Speaking of price, we have a cattle report. report. Brady Huck's going to break that down. Connor, come on in the show. I can't see you. You're kind of over on this screen. How you doing? There you are, fella. All hey, right. I'm Help, doing good. Bail, bail me out because uh, I'm a little out of sorts here. What do we got going on today? You're, you're doing great. Uh, everything you just said, let's talk outside markets and we'll talk where are those flash sales. The first one we have in France, we've talked about how uh, farmers are riding. Tommy, taxi drivers are joining them as well. I feel like no one protests quite as well as the French. But So we have taxi drivers. They're uh, trying to blockade uh, Paris, uh, joining them in protests. All we need is the airline pilots to join too, and we'll have everyone grounded there. Do but, you know why they're so upset? What's going on? Is this the whole? Go ahead. So I think it's multi-factor. Stop me if I'm wrong. But it's the cheap food prices, right? The French government, the EU has really tried to get food inflation down. Farmers don't like that. We are seeing uh, lower, you know, uh, losses, lower prices. Um, We're seeing some of the subsidies that farmers have seen be cut, right? This is more Germany. But again, EU, think Germany, French, with the diesel uh, subsidy being uh, taken away. And so it's multiple factors, right? But at the end of the day, I think it's related to profitability and they feel like their government isn't doing enough for them. Yeah, I also feel like it's the whole woke thing. If you see some of those tapes of the the lady telling you eat bugs and grasshoppers and you know, again, I don't know where she is getting her calories from, but she wasn't starving herself. So she had all types of ideas on how we're supposed to feed 8 billion people. I think, get that right. Like there's 8 billion people in the world. Uh, we got it. We got to educate, educate people. We got to get this going. And the thing that's the real kicker is world commodity prices are collapsing, right? So they're being told you can't do it this way. You can't do it that way. You can't do this. They're probably being taxed and scrutinized right out of profitability just by regulation. If I had to guess, we'll get more into that, uh, later in the show. Let's hope we don't have those problems here. Yep. Connor, let's hope we can get to our senators and congressmen and elected officials. Um, 
but you know, we don't have, I'd love to say something political and I will, I mean, let's just do it. Right. So we have two people running for election and you know, one doesn't remember what he had for breakfast and the other one can't keep his hands off people. I mean, that's what we got going here. So who's yeah. going to take care of our farmers? I have no clue, but it's going to be interesting. You have any color to add to that? No, you said it. You said it. Well, we'll see. We got, we got two candidates. One of them will be in office this time next year. Maybe, maybe it may not go that way though. I mean, you're, you're getting to deal with people who are older. I, I don't think either of those two candidates will be in office. That's my personal opinion. I just, okay. I just we'll can't envision like it. But anyway, we will be here talking markets live at nine. So uh, speaking of markets, we have some good news. Corn up one, uh, wheat down a little beans, uh, you know, working their way yeah. up a little bit, but it, yeah. you know, where are these export sales? That's the title of today's show. Where are all the exports? You have any color on that? Let's let's dive right into it. I got a few charts. We haven't seen the flash sales. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Pull it up. The flash sales. Where have they been? Right, November, December. It felt like we had a flash sale every every day. Now they're disappearing. We've talked a lot about this, Tommy. Tommy, just looking at the export ins- weekly export inspections and how we look at the seasonality of our corn sales and soybean sales. So purple line on corn shipments. As you can see, we're right in between. Uh, 21 and 22, right? We had a much, uh, we were really worse off on our corn shipments last year. But as you can see, we're chugging along. The story, in my opinion, is looking at the soybean shipments. And so, as you can see, we are the destination for a set amount of time. And typically, right, uh, if we're especially if we're looking at the past couple of years, that disappears quickly as the uh, South America crop comes online. And as you can see, we're already hitting that cliff. It looks like we're going to be less than uh, previous years dipping below getting into the rest of the year. Yesterday or days before, we knew it was going to happen. But South American beans to the East Coast, that happens. Those ports over in Wilmington. Everyone gets that shocked face. Like, listen, folks, it's a global market. If beans are so cheap in one country, both based on basis and flat price, and they get cheap enough to import them to our country, grain's going to flow that way. Also, Karen Braun from Reuters had some really interesting charts. We didn't pop it up. But if you go on her Twitter page, she had uh, they really follow all the vessels that are out there. And the green dots are flowing in a different direction pretty much conclusion that we're adding 10 days to a lot of shipments of a lot of boy, things. boy do i have a great chart for you tommy you, you read do? my mind just looking i don't know if it was what you were looking for and it's nothing we don't know but look how the vessels have rerouted from the suez canal going around that cape of good hope so as you can see the gray is what goes to the suez canal and going into 2024 that business has all but dried up everything has rerouted around there what else do we have, Connor B? We gotta get Brady on here and yeah. we are gonna get out of here. Okay, let's let's hammer it. Talking about flash sales, right? When we see these low prices. Speaking of low prices, we touched on the March low for corn, I believe, four thirty. And we bounced uh four six cents. We're sitting up two, right? So good good things to see as I hit on some other news and looking at that demand factor as we see these and low prices. Up a little on me. Okay, I'm gonna keep talking just in case, Tommy. But uh as we see these low prices and as we keep dipping, right, where's the demand factor at? And two things I want to highlight is Brazil, that safrina corn crop. Planting progress is chugging right along. Mato Grosso, their biggest corn producing state, especially with the safrina corn crop, is at 11% planted versus 17 and a half average. Last year, they were 5.9% and they had a fantastic crop. So uh, we talked a little bit about it with the delayed soybean planted. Where are we going to see that uh, corn crop in Mato Grosso? It's chugging right along. 
Other yeah, thing I have, everyone. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, sir. Go, Tommy. This is a 10 minute March corn chart. This is what a huge rally looks like. We go from 437 up to 442. Please stand by. I mean, if we all went to 450, there'd be a large uh, golf clap, but uh, rallies will be sold. And uh, my screens have froze up a little bit here. So if by chance, you know, you lose me, just keep going. Okay, we'll do. So other thing I have, and let's kick it over to cattle, is just looking at when we talk demand, right? We want those flash sales. We want sales. China, we've talked a lot about it, but looking at their soybean crush, they be, they've remained below 2 million metric tons since the end of November. This past, past month, they've been averaging 10% below the 22-23 price, right? This is mostly on lower hog margins, lower hog demand. But that Chinese demand, right now, we're not seeing it. It's a fluid uh, market. We'll see where it goes. But right now, on the demand side, uh, we need some type of catalyst to break into it. Back to you, my right. friend. Let's get Brady Huck in here. He's going to break down cattle. we got some big things happening. B. Huck, again, guys, uh, my internet connection. It's not the internet. I think it's the uh, the uh, connecting the screens together. Anyway, if you lose okay. me, just keep going. April live cattle. What do we have going tomorrow? Tell us something actionable. What should we do? What's going on? Well, what should I, we know about? You know, these April live cattle, if you bought those expensive feeders last fall, those eight weights that were at record highs in September and October, you've lost a lot of dollars on the charts here and, and unless you were hedged. Um, but we're finally getting back to hedgeable levels on, on those cattle, that group of cattle that's going to come out March and April, where you can go out and protect those and, and protect, you know, from red ink they've been in the red ink for the last 30 40 days after that september to december market meltdown but so april live cattle you got some actionable levels where you can go out and protect get some lines in the sand and protect yourself we want to be bullish going forward we want to make the most of all our market opportunities um, so keep that upside open but you got some something you can do here if you got fat cattle in the feed yard um, let's switch to feeders a little bit uh I have March feeders for you here, Mr. Huck, and March feeders are currently up 140. Those April uh, live cattle were down 50. Can I ask you why uh, live cattle were down 50 and the feeders are doing better? Um, You can. I don't know that I have an answer. That's okay. Though, you don't need Tommy. to know. I mean, you know, <laughs> same as saying, why is corn up three and wheat's down two? Like, well, it's where the market is. That's it. It's okay. Yeah. Not every price needs an excuse of why it's there, right? Yep. Yep. But I'm there's jockeying around and put pre-report positioning and and yeah, I don't have all the answers by any That's means. Okay. But March cat March feeders, you know, they've recovered fifty percent of that September to December sell-off, um, up thirty bucks off those lows. Thirty dollars on an eight hundred pound steer is two hundred and forty dollars ahead. If you got pa pasture cattle on wheat right now, they are worth two hundred and forty dollars more than they were at the market lows in December. So. Great areas to go and protect there. You look out at deferred values, and we've got you know the November feeder you want cattle me to go contract. Out to November is, feeders, I could yeah, do that. Yeah, it's going to be a much shorter chart. It hasn't been available as long. Um, you know, it's you know pushing record highs for for in contract highs, but we're at two seventy, I believe, just under. That's November of twenty four. Yeah, yeah, two seventy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but that's a thirty dollar premium to the the index, and you know a, a twenty five thirty dollar premium to March feeders. Right. And Record prices. I'm just interested in seeing how many of those have traded. Like, I don't know how much that, uh, I want to see that. Like, how many of those have traded today, real quick? Yeah. I just want to see. Yeah. Those have traded 67 contracts. So, buyer, yeah. seller, beware, not the most deep liquid product, but yet that is the price. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
they are trading. Interesting. Okay, let's pop this out. You have some slides you'd like to add. Want me to add them? I'm going to add them. Yeah, yeah, throw them up there. We've got a big report tomorrow. It's a biannual cattle inventory report. It comes out at 2 o'clock after the close tomorrow. We get two of these a year, one in January, one in July. It's a snapshot of the cow herd, um, the feeder cattle supply. It's a significant report that will have a lot of details in it that the trade's going to dissect. Um, big report. They're looking for a smaller calf crop, potentially the small, it's going to be the smallest since 2014, potentially going to break below that and be smaller than that. Look for surprises on the calf crop side of things. Uh, beef heifer replacements. How many heifers have we kept back for replacements? Indications of our producers rebuilding the herd or not yet. Many think that we haven't started to rebuild it yet. And I would be surprised if the data showed that we are, um, but keep an eye on that number. We're also going to be looking at a residual supply of feeder cattle that are outside of feed yards right now. We've placed a lot in October and September. Placements have backed off in December and January. How many feeders are left for the taken out there? The pickings are slim. How tight's that that supply going to get for feeder cattle? Big report Good. tomorrow. You've got record prices to protect. You can be bullish, um, but defend your bottom line here. Defend your bottom line. I like it, guys, before we end the day. Corn's on the high up three. Feels good to say. Markets Absolutely. are moving. I have some other questions for you. I will ask you off air. Brady Huck, I have a client from North Dakota. He wants you to call me after the show, talk about uh, what would have happened if he used, would have used LRP versus uh, puts. He wants you to break it down. I think he might be doing a little uh, interested in trying LRP insurance with you. Great guys, time to ask I, those questions. Yep. Yeah. I said, let's keep the show under 10 minutes. We couldn't do it. So there's some things I'm good at, and there's some things I'm not. Uh, not talking is not one of them. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us on or watch Daily Show, watch on YouTube. Of course, we're available on Apple and Spotify. Connor, I need you to say something at the end. It's like we threw you in the corner and just shamed you. Say no, something it- smart. Hey, when when you guys talk cattle, I think my job is just kind of nod and uh, say say along, right? That's not my expertise. I love I love hearing Brady talk about it. And so- I have to say that is the beauty of ATI Pro Media uh, is that everyone's a little good at something, but all of us together are good at a lot. I'll end it with that. Thanks, everyone. Wrap it up. Thanks for joining us. We're here every day, nine a.m. Central. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.